Welcome to the SoulPid Media Health and Business Report, hosted by Craig Dawson, Vice President, SoulPid Media. Hello, and welcome to the SoulPit Media Health and Business Report. Today, we have Dr. Damon Bledsoe, Senior Program Director, UPMC Western Psychiatric Hospital. And Dr. Bledsoe, I want to say thank you and welcome to the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, um, and just take some time to speak with you today. Now, Doctor, this is a show that I've really been looking forward to. Thank you for taking part in our program today. Now, Doctor, growing up, did you always envision yourself working as a health clinician? Not at all. When I was growing up, I considered going into the to the mental health profession. I thought medical, maybe psychiatry, but I was also leaning towards a career in sports medicine. And I played sports growing up, and so that was kind of an interest of mine as well. But I had family who worked in the field, and so I also had an interest in what they did. But eventually, as I was in college, I was working my way through and I ended up getting a job. A friend asked me if I wanted to do some some work over the summer, and it turned out that I ended up getting a full-time job working at research at Western Psychiatric. And I did that for a couple of years in the research department, and then I had another opportunity that opened up working in a residential treatment facility. And when I moved over to the residential treatment facility and really started working with kids and with mental health challenges, behavioral health care, um, that's when I really found um, what I enjoyed doing. Um, I found that it could be helpful and learned a lot more, and that's what really propelled me um, to where I am today. Now, doctor, in doing my research for today's show, I found out that working with the underserved is actually a passion of yours. What inspired this passion that you have to work with the underserved? I got into behavioral health care to help people. What became really clear to me is that people from underserved populations truly need help. Um, I think there, for many reasons, I've seen people who I didn't feel like were treated fairly or effectively or who were from underserved populations and they gravitated towards me because I'm a black male. And a lot of times I was the only one around who looked like them or who they felt like they could identify with. And quite honestly, I've had my own experiences in just healthcare where I didn't feel like the treatment that I received or a family member received was adequate. And I had to advocate for myself from getting pain medications for a torn ligament to making sure that a family member received the proper care and wasn't left alone in a cold room without a blanket. So I think all of those things really culminated into creating this drive that I had to help the people who truly needed help and really weren't getting it from those that I thought should be providing it for them. That's very commendable, doctor. And I totally understand where your passion comes from. Now, doctor, in the minority community, mental health issues are a lot of times they're stigmatized, and instead of being viewed as an illness, they are stigmatized. How can we get past those issues as a community? Well, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of stigma. Um, I think there's a lot of stigma in many communities, but particularly in the Black community, stigma can be, for lack of a better term, paralyzed when it comes to somebody receiving mental health care. 
a lot of times this idea of mental health is really, sometimes people believe, well, you know how to act and just act right. Or if you want to get over this, you can just will yourself to get over these things. And they look at mental health as something different than a than a physical health condition or something like diabetes or high blood pressure. And so that is a that's a significant problem. I think ways that we get over this are we start talking about it. More and more what we're seeing is we're seeing people in the black community and people who are role models and advocates for the blacks talking about their own experiences in mental health care. And I think that is an important first step. I think a lot of times for the black community to feel like something's okay, they have to see that other members in the community support it. They have to feel like we have to feel like we are not the only ones who are going through this particular experience. I think one of the most supportive structures we have in the black community is the church. And we recognize that in many communities, the church is the keystone. It's the stability for which events and people and other structures revolve around the community. And we know that our church elders and spiritual leaders have been through some training, but we've done some work with those folks and they recognize that there's a gap in what they're able to provide, that there's a place where they can go and then after that, they need to refer out. And so we can begin to partner with those organizations. We can partner with churches and the communities, religious and spiritual elders to provide services. I think one of the good things that we can do is begin to offer services. Because the church is oftentimes seen as a safe place, we can do groups which are particularly helpful and have shown really great promise in the Black community. We can do groups in the church basement. We can have somebody who's available to provide individual sessions or therapy sessions at the church. Because if people feel as though they are going to a safe place, they are much more likely to be engaged in care. I think something else that we can do is we can begin to bring services to the community. We oftentimes have services that are available, but if people don't know about those services, they don't have access to those services, or they don't feel safe going to those services, they're far less likely to go. And so ease of access is an important part of getting mental health treatment as well. Those are very cutting-edge solutions to a problem that's just not going to go away. And even as I'm interviewing you, doctor, I'm learning. And having a safe place, to me, is paramount in trying to alleviate this problem that has really grown during the pandemic. Doctor, that leads me to my next question. How has the recent pandemic affected people of color with their mental health? Well, I think it's what we're beginning to see is that the pandemic has affected lots of people, including people of color. And I think there are multiple areas in which it's affected mental health, and all of the areas aren't direct causes. Take stress, for instance. Now, we know that stress is something that can exacerbate a mental health condition, or if somebody may be predisposed to a mental health condition, can exacerbate it to the extent that that condition presents itself. We also know that the pandemic has affected people financially 
We know that it's affected frontline workers. We know that it's affected jobs across the spectrum. And so this increased stress, what we're seeing for many people is that the increased stress is bringing out or exacerbating these conditions like depression or anxiety. We know that substance use has been on the rise. Alcoholism um, and alcohol use um, really spiked during the pandemic. And so all of those things together really create the perfect storm for somebody having significant mental health challenges. If somebody is struggling financially to begin with, and they've been out of work for 10 months or 11 months, those sorts of stressors can be really challenging. People are stuck within the confines of their home. They may have very little resources if somebody doesn't have a car and they don't have transportation to get places. It may have made it harder to get groceries and supplies beyond just what wasn't available, but getting on a bus, which was scary, or taking an Uber or a jitney, which again is scary because we're in enclosed places with people. And we know that that's one of the ways that we can get the virus. And I think prior to vaccines being readily available, for many people, venturing outside of the home created significant stressors. So when you put all of these things together, we can really create a situation where we could see very significant rise in the presence of mental health challenges for people. I forgot to mention one thing when it comes to the stigma in Black community. A lot of people believe that this negative belief that getting help or admitting that there's a a mental health condition shows weakness. And people want to be strong. They want to be strong for themselves. They want to present as strong for their families, to support their families. They want to appear strong to other people. And that in and of itself is one of the other second things that really we can work on is demonstrating that it's okay to ask for help. And it takes a lot more strength to ask for help than it does to stand on your own in a battle that doesn't have to be a battle in the first place. I'm glad you brought up those points. Uh, there are excellent points, doctor. I wanted to ask you this question in particular. How does race and income affect the type of mental health treatment that's available in the community? I think when we think about the concepts of race and income, while they are separate, we have to look at what we call the intersectionality of those things. And when we think about intersectionality, it really is if I have one issue that creates a significant stressor and I add a second issue that creates a significant stressor, those two together have an exponential sort of impact. And so it's not one plus one equals two. The amount of stress that a person experiences is like one plus one equals 20. So when we think about how that goes together, we know that in particular, Black America earns less than white America. We know from statistics from the census and pretty much anywhere you find statistics, the Department of Labor, anywhere, that the income of a Black American family compared to that of a white American family is not the same, significantly less, which means there's significantly less resources available financially to support other things. When we factor in food, healthcare, insurance, we know historically that Black Americans have much higher rates of being uninsured or underinsured. I think I read a statistic that in 2018, 11.5% of Black Americans who are adults in the United States had no form of health insurance at all. And so 
that is one of the significant factors. So when people don't have health insurance and they don't have Medicaid or Med- Medicare, they would have to pay for behavioral health care out of pocket. And we know that that's a significant factor and one that many people, regardless of race, can't afford. We know that in communities that are underserved, that are impoverished, people oftentimes just don't have the extra money to to spend on health care. During the pandemic, telehealth started. Telehealth is great, where people can attend a therapy session either on video or via telephone. And at first glance, it seems like a, a great opportunity, and yet everybody can get care. But when we start looking at underserved population. So many people who are impoverished have prepaid cell phone plans. So to engage in a therapy session might take up a significant portion of a person's minutes for the entire month. And so they just can't afford that. Or having a stable internet connection. You have to have a a good internet connection to have a video conference with your therapist. Well, for those people who don't have a good broadband or don't have cable internet cable at all, that's not available. A lot of times people who live in lower income communities utilize the library and utilize the computers of the library. Well, they may not have cameras and there's absolutely no privacy. During the pandemic, those libraries weren't open. So that stopped being an option. To be successful in therapy, you have to feel safe. And so if somebody's engaging in a telehealth session from their home and they don't have privacy or they don't have childcare, which is another significant stressor and financial stressor, or say, for instance, somebody is in an abusive relationship and they can't talk about their life circumstances because that person be in the home. There are lots of structures that are set up, but they may not be available and they don't necessarily work for those who may be impoverished. So there is and there can be a significant link between income and behavioral health care and mental health conditions and the lack of treatment. Again, um, I mentioned the concept of child care. If I have to go to a therapy session and it's not telehealth, I have to go to my therapist's office and I don't have transportation. If I have a child or more than one child, that means me packing up the children and getting them to the location with me. And it's difficult to engage in a therapy session while I'm holding one child or another one is bored and screaming and making noise and touching things in the office. And it really takes away or it can take away from that person's experience in care. And so child care is an area in which we could do better as well, providing those services. We'll be right back with the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report. The Port Authority of Allegheny County is hiring. If you're looking for a long-term career, competitive wages, great benefits, and desire an opportunity where very few days are the same, check out the opportunities at portauthority.org. We are driven to improve transit in the region. That's portauthority.org. We do all we can to ensure our kids are happy, healthy, safe, and strong. Having high-quality, low-cost health insurance helps make that possible. With CHIP, your child can have medical, dental, eye care, and more for free or low cost. Whether you're self-employed, unemployed, or your employee benefits are just too expensive, CHIP is there for you to help your child be strong. CHIP Strong. Apply or renew today at 800-986-KIDS or go to chipcoverspakids.com. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Looking for a cost-effective way to help increase your company's bottom line? Look no further than Soul Pit Media with our award-winning print 
internet, podcasts, and Soul Pit television options. We can help your business get to that next level. For more information, contact Craig Dawson at 412-407-7685. That's 412-407-7685. And let Soul Pit Media take you to that next level. What if your mother had a genetic heart disease, but data could predict an attack before it ever happens? And by treating your heart condition, you could treat the hearts of your descendants. You don't have to imagine it. The treatments that will travel the world tomorrow are happening today at UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute. Discover the future of heart care at upmc.com forward slash happening today. UPMC, life-changing medicine. The future of transit is now, and we are working to improve your ride. Look for bus tracking technologies and other innovations to keep you better informed. Getting around town has never been so easy. PortAuthority.org. We're back with the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report. Now, Doctor, what type of programs does UPMC offer to provide outreach to the underserved in the community? UPMC, I think, actually does better than what many people believe. I think one of the biggest drawbacks of an organization as large as UPMC is that they do many things, but we don't always talk about them. And not every arm of UPMC knows what the other arm or department is doing. I do know that UPMC is engaging in, as far as from a COVID perspective, they've been doing vaccine clinics in underserved populations. And I know uh, within the last several months since the vaccine was available, they have provided upwards of 15,000 vaccines in underserved populations within the Allegheny region. Most recently, I think they did a clinic, excuse me, at the Juneteenth Festival, which I think is amazing. I know that Western Psychiatric has been working with community leaders and having a community forum to help the community leaders tell us what they need and how we can be better partners with the community. We're working with Father Paul Abernathy community. I know that Dr. Poe has been doing outreach in the Black community, and she has been working with her team to work with families of color and provide enhanced resources in those areas. At Western Psych, we are engaging in a diversity leadership cohort where we are working with other providers in Allegheny County. We have a cohort series where we've dedicated lots of resources to work to develop better enhanced programming and to make sure that our organization and our program benefits people of color. We know that we can do better. You know, if we are always trying to do better, we will always be able to help more people. And I've had people from various parts of UPMC reach out to me to ask how they can even improve the work with their staff members so that their staff members can do better work with our kids of color. So I think there are lots of things going on. We just need to do a better job of sharing it. Now, Doctor, I will go on record in saying that since we've started the Soul Pit Health and Business Report, I've learned so much about UPMC and their outreach efforts, and I have to commend UPMC for their involvement in the community. And as you stated, when you are a large corporation, a lot of times things go unreported or unnoticed, but the more that 
I learn about what UPMC is doing in the community, the more impressed I am. And one of the reasons for this podcast is to let people know what a community partner UPMC actually is without them, you know, stepping up and saying we're doing this and doing that. They're doing a lot of things in the community that people don't know about. And it's incumbent upon organizations like Soul Pit Media to let the community know where they can get help from and who is actually helping community. Sure, sure. You know, I think we're going to see more involvement from UPMC in various aspects in the various community hospitals as we begin to come out of and find our new norm after COVID. As you were talking, I was thinking prior to COVID, um, I was thinking about what we were discussing previously with the involvement of churches. Prior to COVID, we were planning to have a community fair with UPMC McKeesport. It was going to be sponsored by UPMC McKeesport. Their past vice president, Dr. Dondra Jones, who is now at McGee Women's Hospital. She's now the Chief Nursing Officer and VP of Patient Care Services at McGee Hospital and Reverend Sean Kirkham. They were sponsoring and facilitating this connection with pastors and other clergy within the area. We were going to call it the power of the pulpit. I was going to work with pastors and we were going to talk about how to support people with mental health needs that was beyond what the clergy could provide. There are lots of things I think that got stifled by COVID, and hopefully we'll be able to pick those things up after COVID. But I think there are things that are always going on. Uh, we to make sure that we are allowing the community to see it, advertising it, and making sure that it's available. Access is always going to be one of the biggest factors in behavioral health care. So access from the standpoint of either we know about it or we don't know about it, we have them to participate in this event, or we're even able to get there. Lots of things going on, and hopefully they will increase. Now, Doctor, how can we encourage our community to ask for mental help if they need it? I, I mean, this has been so stigmatized. And as you stated earlier, people like to appear strong, but mental health is something that it's not like having flu or a broken arm or something. How can we encourage people just to ask for the help? I think some of the most effective ways are to figure out who people are willing to accept help from, meaning if we know that people are willing to go for mammograms, then we should, that office and wherever they go, that clinic should have a mental health clinician there, right? And so when a person goes for a mammogram, if they say, well, you know, I've been a little down, oh, why don't you come and talk to this person and have it right there and available in the moment while they're, for lack of a better term, a, a, a captive body. I think we need to encourage our community leaders, our community elders, people who own businesses in the community to, to encourage those services. We need to start bringing those services to the communities. We should have representation. If there is a community fair, we should have somebody there doing screenings for depression, anxiety, and screenings for other mental health conditions and challenges. We should do more partnering so that mental health care isn't seen as something that's bad. We should work so that therapists have more face time with communities of color and underserved as well. I think those are some of the most significant things. And the greater presence that we have, the greater we will see that when we have more presence in the community, 
we will be seen as part of the community and we will be seen as a resource for the community as opposed to people who are coming into the community. And when we belong to the community and we're a part of the community, then people will engage with those services more readily. Excellent answer, doctor. I have one final question for you. How can our listeners and readers reach out to you and Western Psychiatric Institute to get more information on how they can maintain their mental health? We are available for services. If somebody needs mental health care, they can easily call Western Psychiatric. They can reach out and get an appointment scheduled. We have resources. We have appointments that can be scheduled. We have a walk-in evaluation center that people can walk into if they are in crisis or if they need evaluation. The best way to get in touch with Western Psych is you can call 412-624-1000. And there's also a toll-free number, which is 1-877-624-4100. And they can also find Western Psychiatric online. If they go to upmc.com, they can easily find Western Psychiatric and the services that are available to us. Now, doctor, I have to admit to you that I, even as an interviewer, learned so much more than I started out knowing at the beginning of this show about mental health and how we as a community can help to fight this health problem. And I just want to thank you, number one, for being a guest on the show, but also I found some of your answers to be so cutting edge and so creative. And it basically comes back to the concept that it takes a village pulling together to combat some of the issues that we have in our community. And I just want to thank you and UPMC for being there for our community. I want you to know that Soul Pit Media is a partner in trying to make things better in our community. And I am always at your service, sir. Craig, thank you so much. I think you really hit the nail on the head. You said it takes a village. No person is an island and everybody needs help at some point in their life. And the more people are able to accept help, the sooner they can get better and the sooner they can help other people. And I think it's through organizations like the Soul Pit, um, Soul Pit Media, that have the connection to the community. And, and this is a classic example of how UPMC can be a greater part of the community and not being an outsider, but being a part of the community by partnering with organizations like yours to share information. Because if this podcast prompts one person to get care or to seek treatment, then what we've done has been worth it because that person then can support somebody else for care. So I really appreciate the time you've taken today to sit down and talk with me. And hopefully this message can really prompt somebody to recognize that they can make a change alive in their life. Is it work? Absolutely. Can it be done? Absolutely. And is it worth it? 100%. So thank you very much. Doctor, I appreciate you so much being a guest today. And I look forward to having you back on our show at some point because this is a problem that we can't throw a Band-Aid on. We have to do more. We are always there and we look forward to having you back on our show at some point. Thank you so much and thank you for being a guest today and Godspeed with your work in the community, sir. Thank you so much. I'm happy to come on anytime you'll have me. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with the Soul Pit Media 
health and business report. The Port Authority of Allegheny County is hiring. If you're looking for a long-term career, competitive wages, great benefits, and desire an opportunity where very few days are the same, check out the opportunities at portauthority.org. We are driven to improve transit in the region. That's portauthority.org. We do all we can to ensure our kids are happy, healthy, safe, and strong. Having high-quality, low-cost health insurance helps make that possible. With CHIP, your child can have medical, dental, eye care, and more for free or low cost. Whether you're self-employed, unemployed, or your employee benefits are just too expensive, CHIP is there for you to help your child be strong. CHIP Strong. Apply or renew today at 800-986-KIDS or go to chipcoverspakids.com. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Looking for a cost-effective way to help increase your company's bottom line? Look no further than Soul Pit Media. With our award-winning print, internet, podcasts, and Soul Pit television options, we can help your business get to that next level. For more information, contact Craig Dawson at 412-407-7685. That's 412-407-7685. And let Soul Pit Media take you to that next level. What if your mother had a genetic heart disease, but data could predict an attack before it ever happens? And by treating your heart condition, you could treat the hearts of your descendants. You don't have to imagine it. The treatments that will travel the world tomorrow are happening today at UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute. Discover the future of heart care at upmc.com forward slash happening today. UPMC, life-changing medicine. The future of transit is now, and we are working to improve your ride. Look for bus tracking technologies and other innovations to keep you better informed. Getting around town has never been so easy. PortAuthority.org. We're back with the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report. Hi, this is Debbie Norell, and welcome to the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report Community Calendar. Kente Arts Alliance presents Kente at Home, a free streaming and free live in-person concert featuring the Dwayne Dolphin Trio at the City of Asylum on July 14th at 7 p.m. Go to info at kentearts.org to register. Life Mail STEAM Academy, located in Wilkins Township, is the only K-12 male academy with the science, technology, engineering, arts, math-focused course of study, and it's now open and the Academy is looking to enroll male students in the 6th and 7th grade. Their mission is to prepare all male scholars for college success and career readiness and to serve as a catalyst to increase the presence of African-American males in the STEM pipeline. Visit the website lifesteam.org for more information and to register. The Anna Middleton Weight Learning Center will host their annual golf outing on Saturday, August 7th at the Yakigani Country Club in McKeesport. Sponsorships are available for $100. Play in a foursome or as an individual. Early bird foursome specials are $500 and available until July 29th. For more information, contact Paul Waite at P-W-A-I-T-E. 2407 at comcast.net. Thank you for listening to the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report brought to you by Port Authority Employment. Looking for a great job with benefits? Check out their website, portauthority.org 
and click on Careers. Thank you for tuning in to the Soul Pit Media Health and Business Report, hosted by Craig Dawson, Vice President, Soul Pit Media. Thank you, Pittsburgh, for your continued support.